0: Following Jesus isn't always easy, but it's not complicated, and on this podcast, it's our goal to make real life simple. Today, I'm joined with our good friend Brad Williams as we're going to talk about this issue that all of us face, whether you consider yourself a leader or not. Um, These are tensions that every leader has to wrestle with. Um, and these uh, typically are often referred to as problems, but really they're, they're more of tensions. And we're going to dive into that uh, today. So welcome to the Rusty George podcast. Brad, it's good to have you with us. Welcome. How is life in quarantine for you?
1: Thank you, Rusty. It's good to be here. Uh, life in quarantine is, is good. It's good in the household, good in the home. It is uh, otherwise um, challenging. Because, you know, there's so many questions. We just don't know how long this is going to last. And so I think uh, leadership wise, this is a great topic for today because we're leading people through in this time, not just how to navigate this virus, but also um, how to navigate the fear that's out there, how to navigate what people are going to be doing when it comes to the economy. So this is a good, a great topic for today.
0: Yeah. And I think for many of us, uh, the majority of our lives, we've looked at when it comes to leadership, we have a couple of problems. First one is, oh, I'm not a leader. I'm a manager or I'm a follower, but I'm not a leader. But as Maxwell defined years ago, leadership is just influence. We all influence somebody. Well, then the question becomes, am I doing it right? And anytime there's any kind of tension, we assume it's a problem. And I love what Stanley says about this, Andy Stanley, that is, not Flat Stanley. Uh, Andy Stanley says that there are problems that need to be fixed, but tensions need to be managed. A problem that needs to be fixed uh, would be your business is struggling and can't keep the bills paid or the lights on. A tension to be managed is cash flow staying at a certain level. Uh, there's there's differences in those. Some things can be fixed. Some things are just managed. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to talk about today is the kind of the tension that has to happen for all leaders. And there's no right or wrong on this. It's just we constantly sway one way or the other. And oftentimes, it goes back and forth between traditional leadership, which is kind of command and control, or the carrot and the stick, as uh, I think Covey put it years ago, versus emerging leadership, uh, which is the way that Gen Z and uh, millennials tend to prefer to be led. And Brad, I know that in your line of work, you deal with a lot of leadership issues. You deal with a lot of people from different backgrounds, different ethnicity, and certainly different uh, generations. So I'm anxious to hear what you have to say about this, because you have to flex and deal with your leadership tension all the time. So here we go. Tension number one, the expert versus the learner. Um, It's this idea that leaders must accept that their specialized expertise is limited, and in some cases obsolete, and be open to learning from others. So Brad, how do you see this play out in your life and in society between an expert versus a learner?
1: Um, So that is a real that's a real tension. And um, I feel like for me, uh, going back to Covey uh, in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, one of the things that he speaks about is seeking to understand before being understood. Mm -hmm. And as leaders, uh, it's very difficult to lead because there's not a really you can't really major in it in college. It's not real training for it. And so I think when you become a leader, um, sometimes you get elevated to that leadership status because you were an expert at something at one point. And the way I see it play out is when when people and myself included, when I first became a leader, because I was an expert somewhere and I was promoted because of my expertise, I thought expertise and leadership went hand in hand. Mm, that's good. When that's good. You, you you fail miserably because expertise and leadership are two completely different things. And when you become a leader, you have to seek to understand before seeking to be understood. Great leaders ask great questions. They want to know, they want to learn. You have to be the learner. You have to be confident like the expert in my experience, but you have to be Uh, behaving as the learner, always seeking knowledge, always asking questions, always seeking to understand.
0: Well, I think that is the goal for all of us. And, you know, just recognizing that it's never something we're perfect at, but rather it's just something that we have to to go back and forth with. When am I the smartest person in the room? And when do I need to learn from those in the room? All right, Brad, you got the second one for us.
1: Yes. Second tension, tension number two is, um, the constant versus the adapter, the constant versus the adapter. So the traditional approach is, you know, a good leader sticks to their guns, but the emerging approach, the new idea is in a fast changing, in fast changing environments, decisions often need to be reversed or adapted. And that changing course in response to new information is a strength and not a weakness. So how how do you see this playing out Um, as far as the ministry and as far as you
0: leading in the community? Well, I tell you, we're living it right now, specifically when it comes to how we do church. Mm. Um, Historically, it's been gather everybody in a big building and and do that from the stage. And now, since we're in the middle of this uh, uh, coronavirus and quarantine, we're having to figure that out on the fly. Now... Thankfully, we've been doing online church for a long time, but when it's all online and when you have to pre-record stuff and you got to think through how many people can be in the building and uh, keeping people six feet apart, all those kind of things, it certainly makes it difficult. Mm -hmm. So I think as a leader, there are times you have to say, nope, this is the way we always do it. And other times you have to say, you know what, we got to flex on this one. And in this case, uh, our world forced us to flex. Uh, in the church world, uh, you read about this in the book of Acts, um, everybody comes together for Pentecost, and then Peter preaches, and thousands of people decide to follow Jesus, and nobody wants to go home. The problem is, is that Jesus said, I want you to take my message to not just uh, Judea, but to Samaria and to the utter ends of the earth, and they weren't leaving. And so persecution ended up breaking out, which forced everybody to leave, and guess what? The gospel traveled to the four corners of the earth. Mm-hmm. So what may look like a really difficult time for churches right now, not being able to meet in their buildings, may end up being the greatest thing that could happen to us because it forces us to go to a digital space, which I don't know how that's true in everybody's marketplace, but for a lot of us, we have to move from the constant to the adapter once in a while.
1: Attention to, I had a question for you, though. Just uh, as, a, as a leader... Absolutely. As a leader now, because you've been doing this for so long... Um, do you find yourself adapting quicker than you used to in the past
0: no uh, it's it's it 's harder <laughs> oh, really? now that as I get older yeah. um, it 's just you tend to rely on your uh, the norms and when even just when my week is messed up, it bothers me, mm-hmm. uh, let alone the model of how i 've been doing things so I have to have the mindset of you know what you got to teach the old dog some new tricks once in a while so even though it, um, it's more difficult to begin that, it gets easier with that, that idea that you've started. So now that we've been doing this a few weeks, doing online church only, it's getting easier. Now that we're doing Zoom calls for all of our meetings, it's getting a little easier. Now, does that mean the next change that comes about will be easy? No, it just means that'll be difficult, but then it will get easier, right. that makes sense.
1: No, it does. That's good.
0: All right, tension three is the tactician versus the visionary. So the traditional approach calls for operational clarity and well-defined plans. So you're thinking like an org chart and, you know, clear job descriptions and execution strategies. The emerging approach says you got to have leaders that require a clear vision for where they want to go without necessarily needing a concrete roadmap for how to get there. So Brad, how do you see that playing out?
1: Well, this this the time we're going through now is a perfect time for this in business, especially because, um, you know, businesses had a lot of things already structured, already in place uh, for the first quarter of the, of the year. For the second quarter of the year, you know, people had mm-hmm. certain things already in line with kind of ha- what 2020 was going to look like and be like. Um, and it's good to you have to plan. You know, I believe Rebecca Tutu says, you know have a vision, write it down. And um, it's a reminder that with the planning piece comes the vision, you know, they're partnered, you know, write that plan down, write that vision down, create a plan, but then you have to be open to um, the the day-to-day constant changes that are going to take place because you're living this thing called life. You know, and I think for me, uh, just like you alluded to with the last tension, I've been I have a very difficult time being flexible after a plan is made. hmm. And so um, where I had to grow as a leader was I was always partnered with different visionaries on my team. Um, I've been around visionary leaders. And so it was almost like this butting at the heads when it came to some of the changes we had to make versus what we already agreed to doing. And. As a leader, to be successful, you've got to have a little bit of both. You have got to be open to to the changes that have to be made um, and take those chances or else you're not going to ever grow to the scale that you could have grown to.
0: That's well said, Brad. And I, I think that I, I love your idea of I'm flexible until the plan is made. So there's a visionary mentality of, you know, where are we headed? And then the tactician of, okay, this is what we're going to do. Let's stick by it. That's, that's really well done. No, I
1: appreciate it. I appreciate it. So, all right. Number four is, uh, the teller versus the listener. So the traditional, the traditional approach is, uh, the teller calls for leaders to tell others what to do and how to do it. The listener uh, the emerging approach values listening carefully to others before deciding
0: well that 's the trick isn 't it? Uh, you watch movies of great leaders and they always they always show the traditional approach. The guy who stands up and declares this is what we 're going to do um, and you look at this with like the Steve Jobs of the world and those kind of people. I think what you you forget is when the guy goes up on stage and delivers the keynote address that causes everybody to stand up and applaud. That talk has been worked over by a lot of people. um and specifically with Steve Jobs, he was constantly tweaking and engineering and asking questions and uh, pushing people to come up with ideas so much so that if you didn't <laughs> if you didn't have good input in a meeting, you were never allowed back. So you had to constantly be giving some kind of feedback, which required him to listen. Um, And to him be making those calls on on what they design. So I think there's a there's a time to speak, but it's often after you've listened for a long time.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's good. And you uh, since I've known you, because we've had a lot of conversations and done a few lunches and you listen and ask questions well. And I, I feel like, you know, for me, I had to learn that. But it's almost like you're getting your ammunition when you listen to what individuals say. (laughs)
0: you know oh man well i appreciate you i appreciate you saying that Uh, ammunition that's a good one yeah Uh, okay tension five the power holder versus the power sharer traditional approach suggests that leaders must lead from the top make decisions and take actions independently emerging approach values empowering others to achieve goals how do you see this playing out, Brad? Well, this
1: is good because this is where a lot of people struggle. They try to go with one or the other. You know, you got the the leader that goes, hey, you know, let's get, get input from everybody and then let's empower you to do this and you do that, which is great mm-hmm. until somebody butts heads. Right. You know, when when people butt heads, um, you know, there's somebody has to step up and make a decision on a team. And um, I, th- I heard a quote, I forget who said it, but it talked about how your management team is like a round table, but behind the round table, there's a throne. Mm. And you know someone's gotta sit on that throne. So traditional leadership comes into play when um, there is a time to lead from the top and make a decision after you've empowered everybody, after you've listened, um, and, and there's a balance there you really have to navigate that's really tricky, but they do go together, you have to
0: use them both. So true. Yeah, I think that you know, to what we had said a little bit a, a bit ago about the whole, you know, listening to people, and then as opposed to just telling them what we're doing, boy, that's really what the kind of leader people want to follow is the one that's that's asking their opinion, and then then they see their opinion pop up in the in the result. Mhm.
1: Yep. Now, now, tension six. Um, I think you, this is a setup. Okay, let me see if I can pronounce this correctly. The intuitionist. Versus the analyst. <laughs> well done. Okay, all right, got it. All right. So the traditional approach suggests that leaders build up an expert uh, gut to make intuitive decisions. Uh, the emerging new approach says leadership based decisions largely on data. Um, so how do you see that playing out?
0: Well, that's that's a great question because the new the new trend is that we all become like. um, uh, the character in Moneyball, Mm -hmm. uh, Jonah Hill, uh, who's always with all the analysts and all the data. But at the end of the day, sometimes you just got to make a call. And sometimes the data isn't even clear. So I think there's a time for data, but then there's a time when you got to say, all right, I've done this a long time and I kind of know what's going to happen if we do this. Let's just go for it. Um, So it A friend of mine always says that the wisdom of Solomon means nothing without the right information. Mm. So you can have wisdom. You can have a a good, strong gut, so to speak. But you get all the information, then you got to make a call.
1: Yeah, that's good.
0: Okay, last one. Yeah, I gave you the hard words. I'm keeping the easy ones. Yeah, I see. (laughs) The perfectionist versus the accelerator. Traditional approach asserts that leaders should take the time to deliver a perfectly finished product, But the emerging approach calls for leaders to acknowledge that doing something quickly and failing fast is often more important than doing it perfectly. You find that to be true, Brad? Yeah, it definitely is true
1: depending on your industry. Um, I I think it's true in all situations, but really depending on what industry you're in, some of this plays out a little bit differently. And I think when it comes to all the things that we're talking about, we we got to over-communicate to our people and to our teams that You know, you do things as a leader based a lot based on your industry, based on your audience. So when it comes to being a perfectionist, you're that's 100 percent correct. You know, it's important that your product is quality, that whatever you deliver, whether it's a, a sermon message or an experience at a church, whether it's a product at a business, whether it's a service that your business offers, it's you want it to be quality. At the same time, you don't want to have paralysis by analysis. You don't want to have to sit back and wait for it to be so perfect that it never gets out. You know, on the, on the flip side with the emerging approach, um, it basically says, you know, good content it needs to get out along with the great content because all content has an impact, especially in the marketing world where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Um, We focus on just getting good content out. And if it's not perfect, then no big deal, because if you wait to make it perfect, somebody else is going to beat you to the punch. You're going to miss an opportunity Mm. to engage somebody. And so depending on your industry, you kind of have to once again, like all these tensions, there's a balance that you have to a sweet spot that you have to have um, based on your your wisdom, your experience, your knowledge as to, okay. how can we deliver quality, but also how can we make sure that we're distributing whatever we're producing um, at a good cadence to where we're taking care and serving our clients well? Because at some point you're holding back so much, you're no longer serving your clients. You're so worried about, you know, does it taste perfect? Does it look perfect? People are waiting to just get something and they need to get fed and you're not feeding them because you're, you're trying to be a perfectionist. So you know, that's how it plays out for me. Um, In the marketing world, you want to have great content, but sometimes it's going to be really good content and you got to be okay with that. Mm,
0: That's really good. Yeah. I I think that in the church world, we all are looking for that silver bullet. That's Mm -hmm. going to be the perfect thing that works. And there really are no silver bullets. There's specific bullets and you can hit at various targets and you can do various things, but it's a matter of what it is that you're choosing to do and then do it really well. Yeah. Uh, So Brad, what I would encourage our listeners to do is to maybe scroll through this and listen to it again of the seven tensions and and then ask people in your sphere of influence that you lead, which way do you lean of all those um, comparisons? And then try to implement a couple of questions into your leadership style that push you the other direction that will tend to help out in allowing you to manage that tension. Uh, Next week, we're back uh, with a new podcast, and I'm so excited to share this one, Brad. I had a chance to sit down with Kerry Newhoff, and I know you had a little bit of time with him as well after he spoke at our church. What a great guy, even though he's Canadian. We love him anyway, you know? Just okay. Uh, so uh, I had a chance to sit down with him, and so what we're going to do is we're going to sh- uh, share the podcast next week, but it's also going to be on YouTube. So just subscribe to the Rusty George YouTube channel, and there's previous videos on there as well. My conversation with John Ortberg, um, various other videos we have put together. But you're going to get to hear from Carrie. You're going to get to see Carrie if you watch it on YouTube, and. I am so excited about this because he, is, he always interviews other people. If you listen to his podcast, mm-hmm, it's just one yeah. of the best. But I had a chance to interview him, and we dug deep into his childhood and kind of why he thinks the way that he thinks and his fear of failure. And uh, it's pretty interesting. So hopefully everybody will get a chance to listen to that next week on the podcast. So, Brad, as always, thank you. Thank you. And until then, let's uh, continue to make life simple by acting justly, loving mercy, and walking humbly.